0: Welcome to the Life Lifted Podcast, where we lift your mind, body, and soul with your hosts, Mike Molina and Chris Musser. All right, on today's episode, I'm going to be telling my story. This is Chris Musser, and I get to share how I got into training, but also a little bit more about my life. So looking forward to sharing that with all of you guys. All right, we we're go. back week two,
1: episode two. Episode two is your turn, buddy. That's it. We're back in Chris's house here, which, by the way, I never asked you. I mean, how how are you liking this place? You just moved in,
0: obviously. I'm so happy. I don't have words for it yet. It it hasn't felt like home. Hmm, I get that. But it's definitely going to be a lot better in the summer when I'm dealing with my AC issues.
1: When you could use a pool, he has a pool. (laughs) This dude, this dude has a pool now. He has a freaking weight room with squat racks. He has a business center. It's like this. I like this place. It's a nice. Honestly, it's better than the last place. I don't know how much you're paying here, but I mean, it's nice. So hopefully, I
0: I think it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is about business now. So investing in my time and my business is important.
1: Yeah, exactly. Soundproofing the the. (laughs) <laughs> the living, the room. living room right
0: here we got, We've got like a studio in the living room already
1: This is hilarious, if you guys could only see this I mean, we're working on film, by the way We're working on that But once we get the film going, you guys can see We're literally on Chris's couch here We got like some, what is this, Chris? What are these foam? Foam mats Foam mats that he used for what?
0: Gym jiu-jitsu training
1: Yeah, he has a foam mats for jiu-jitsu training In the pandemic, in
0: 2020
1: oh, What a guy, so it's um, it's a nice place, though we first wanted to do the podcast um, in one of in the business center. Yeah,
0: there's a conference room.
1: Yeah, so we actually recorded a little thing there once, but somehow we ended up uh, in the living room. There's no place like home. <laughs> it's an exciting new journey, and obviously, you're, you're starting a new uh, new venture here with the podcast, and also you moved into a brand new place. So it's looking uh, pretty good for you, Chris. What did you say?
0: I'm excited. It's a new chapter.
1: Yeah, so it's it's pretty exciting. Obviously, business how's business? By the way
0: business has been great. You know, when we left Crunch, I estimated four or five clients and, you know, I'm busting through. I don't have a lot more available slots to train. So it's great. This
1: is where uh, we talk about. uh, Let's do it. Let's get started here. Right. So obviously you're starting your own business now. I I know that. I I saw you grow and um, obviously growing your own business now. But um, did you always want to do this?
0: You- I am still shocked every day of my life that I'm doing this because I never in my life thought I would be a personal trainer. You shared your story last week I, it's It's funny, mine is very different. When I was growing up, I grew up in North Carolina in a fairly small town, the southern u s and as a kid, you know, I started playing some sports, I did a little bit of basketball, but soccer was really the thing that I did and I did that. And then I actually got into tennis. But as I got into middle school and I don't really remember what happened, but I stopped playing. I remember as a kid, for some reason, running, I could not stand running. You know, when they in PE, they do those, the fitness tests and oh, you yeah, do so the pull-ups, like the one. sit-ups, the mile run. I dreaded that. <laughs> I hated it. Up, down, <laughs> And so I don't know if it was just the fact that my body hated physical activity and I just decided it wasn't for me. But the middle to end of middle school, I wasn't even playing tennis anymore. And I ended up getting into kind of the arts. I was doing like a children's theater. I was uh, playing piano and had a very different high school experience because I wasn't, I, I was doing like yearbook, those kinds of things. And I uh, got really involved in my church and my youth group. Even though uh, I was doing a lot of activities, it kind of devolved from doing what a lot of, you know, younger guys do. I wasn't doing a lot of sports. I don't even think I went into a gym when I was growing up. So I don't have a lot of memories of that. Completely different from my
1: story, huh? So you actually were, had nothing to do with the gym in a sense, right? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. How did you transition then? Because you said you were playing sports, but what what made you want to transition to like the arts? Like what, what was that switch? Like, oh, you know what? I want to do this.
0: I don't remember. I go back and ask my parents these questions. And my dad told a story that I was playing soccer. And one day I came home and I wanted to do, I think it was the children's theater, which conflicted with soccer. And he's like, you have to finish soccer before you can do this. Like you've committed to it. So you have to see it through. I was fascinated by, I don't want to be an actor. I don't want to be a musician now, but back then I was, it's something that I really enjoy doing. And you know, that actually, there's a chapter in my life (laughs) coming up. (laughs) I go into like, you know, how I stopped all of that, but That really got my focus in high school and so much so that when I decided to go to college, I picked a school in Nashville, Tennessee, which was about a 10 or 12 hour drive from home. And the point of picking the school was I wanted to be a music major. I was playing piano and I enrolled in this Belmont University. They have a really amazing commercial music program. And so I'm gonna to go to college I'm gonna play piano I'm gonna be a music major and someday I'm gonna be playing in some pop rock concert some,
1: some Mozart, you know Beethoven
0: <laughs> I was trained classically but I, th- I envisioned myself being like a musician that was my life I get to college first year if anyone out there has ever been in a music program in college the thing that happens there is all of your time Even your free time goes to music. So there's a lot of zero and one credit classes that you end up taking. There was like men's chorus and then you have these seminars that you go to. While everyone else is enjoying their first year of college experience, here I am spending all of my time in practicing piano. That was my major. And even when I wasn't doing those classes, I'm practicing I had enrolled in this program and I was learning how to play jazz piano, which I had never done before. I was always classically trained and then taught myself how to play more of a commercial style. But now I was learning more of a formal jazz and it was not going well. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I did not love jazz and I tried to do the best that I could, but I wasn't, I really wasn't loving I I just didn't resonate with it. One of my teachers, I think she picked up on it and she was pretty harsh with me. And she basically was berating me. That's how it felt (laughs) every time I went to see her. And things just went downhill. I was like, this is not working out. And that first year coming to the end of it, was really harsh because I had this dream I left home for. I moved far away from my family, my friends, everything to pursue this dream. And it wasn't working out. That's really hard. So anyway, (laughs) I was working with an English professor at the time, and she kind of saw my love for reading and writing and how well I was doing. And we started talking and she said, hey, I really think you'd be great in being an English major. And so I said, well, I still want to do this music thing, but I'll, I'll be happy if I do it like the business side of it. And I can still kind of do my piano stuff. I can play for my friends, but I don't have to like face this torture every day. <laughs> so I switched and did a double major in English and then one in business that was focused in the music industry. That ended up being my focus for three years in college. And I interned for Warner Brothers Records in Nashville. And in the whole process, also became disillusioned because I saw that the music industry was basically taking what I thought was art, and it is, it's art, and then they were putting it into a package and selling it. And it just, I got disillusioned. So a lot of like learning in college by the time i left i was everything that i thought would happen and the way things would work out none of it ended up happening that way but i had taken a semester in cambridge england my senior year and that whole experience had kind of opened me up to life in a way that i had never had because i had never really been in a big city and being like right outside of London and experiencing that kind of life. I was like, had this new kind of found, I want to like live in a big city. I want to experience more of what I haven't before. So even though like I came out of college with not really knowing what my next step was, I had had this great experience where I was like, I want to kind of explore more of life, live in a big city. And I had just started working for Starbucks in Nashville, Tennessee as a barista and I loved coffee. So it was like the perfect thing. And caffeine that's right. Yeah. Caffeine was because I was an English major. I found myself in a lot of coffee shops studying and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get free coffee. <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, going Going back... Not to interrupt you, but
1: it's like, so you transitioned, you said that it it felt like torture, obviously trying to finish your uh, musical path that you were going down, right? And then you transitioned over to obviously English major. What do you mean by that? Like, what was the turning point where you're like, I don't want to do this? Elaborate a little more on like, what made you like, oh, I'm done with this?
0: I think I got, I tell people I got burnt out. Like to this day, I have not played piano
1: We got to buy a piano then.
0: (laughs) I need to buy (laughs) it. I know everyone says that. But yeah, no, it just was one of those things that I lost my love for something. And I just, I had to push it aside and find something else. Do you find it beneficial though, going through all that and
1: trying to, you know, figure yourself out and things like that? So I'm pretty sure you learned a lot about yourself even through that process.
0: Yeah, I think anytime that you have an expectation and a dream... And it doesn't go the way that you envision. You learn a lot about yourself. And, like you were talking about last episode, you know, I saw things happen along my path that, you know, that were put there that lifted me up and helped me find a new direction and gave me a sense of purpose. And coming out of college and getting into Starbucks. That actually really kind of ignited something within me because it was fairly early days for Starbucks whenever I started. What, and uh, what the, year was this? What? The company was a lot smaller. <laughs> I don't <want> to... <laughs> This was uh, 1999. 1999. Yeah. Okay. But did
1: you work at the Seattle one? No, no. Nah, this, was in, this was in Nashville <laughs> to the sea.
0: It was the first store in Nashville, but... I worked with a lot of amazing people. But the one thing that I really loved about Starbucks was they had this mission that it was to inspire and nurture the human spirit. And so there was this belief that people were coming into the store, not just to buy coffee, but we were making their day better. And as you got to know a lot of your regular customers you could see like you were really making a difference in people's lives like they were starting their morning out with you you were getting to know them and they were just walking out feeling uplifted and being able to like create that in a retail experience at the time it just it was really cool i was like wow this is i felt a de- a sense of purpose did
1: you go into it thinking that how why did you even why did you even decide to start That job in the first place.
0: Well, like I said, I was I I love coffee. I loved Starbucks. So I was like, anytime I would go to a city with a Starbucks, we would go find it. I found out they were interviewing. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have this job. (laughs) (laughs) And my parents were like, hmm, we think you probably should be doing more because you're graduating with a business degree and an English degree and you're working in like a retail job. But I was like, no, I really love this. I, you know, this is what I want to be doing right now. And that's what I did. I just kind of like went where my what passion was. To do, yeah. Were they supportive at all? I'm guessing oh, you yeah. yeah, Yeah. Okay. I think once they saw how passionate I was and how much I was getting from my work. And also the company had amazing benefits. So they were like, wow, okay. And I think once they also saw that there was like career potential for me, they were like, okay, yeah, this is something, you know, we, we see you could do. So, like I said, I was like, I want the big city life. I don't, you know, I want, I want a different experience. Yeah, you wanted to change. And so, um, there was a posting where they were looking for assistant managers in New York City. Well, I actually, I really wanted to move to London because I had studied over there for a semester. I was like, I want to move back there. Just really complicated. Long story. Didn't work out. So I'm like, New York City, that's the next option. And I had like a friend or two there. So I'm like, I'm moving to New York City for the summer. Yeah, That's a big, that's a big change. Tennessee, a big Tennessee change. to New York.
1: <laughs> big. That's a big-ass change. Yeah. Okay.
0: So packed up my stuff. Moved to New York City. Things didn't really work out there again. It's kind of same theme there. You know, I thought... I wasn't in New York for any reason. Like I was working outside of Times Square, and you see people who are there for like their Broadway career, you know, they're there for a lot of reasons, but I was just there because I'm like, I oh, want well, a big city. So things got really hard. I was in a sublease that was about to end. I actually had not so great experience with Starbucks in New York, and I was looking for another job on top of that. I started getting sick and I couldn't get better. Like my stomach was hurting. My parents flew me home because they were really worried. I think it was just a lot of stress at once. And that city will do it to you. you know? I've actually never been there. So yeah, we got to go. Yeah, we well, definitely get some,
1: get some Starbucks. What's <laughs> <laughs> your uh, go-to Starbucks uh, drink, by the way. Amer- out here,
0: Americano. Espresso and water Damn okay Then You heard it here folks He worked there He knows what he's talking about I used to get a quad grande But I can't do four the shots hell now What is it? Oh, four shots God damn Yeah <laughs> I don't even drink coffee by the way So Now I do half-calf
1: Matcha Green latte
0: That's pretty good I like matcha Yeah, exactly. That's like my afternoon drink I don't really go to Starbucks like that But yeah So you're moving to New York So that Like that didn't last Ended up back in Nashville Tennessee And the way my life started to go after that was as opportunities opened up for me in that career, I just kind of went on to the next thing. So I became an assistant manager. I became a store manager. This is Starbucks. This is with Starbucks. Okay. Back in Tennessee. And yes, back in Tennessee. So what we haven't talked about, though, is exercise and what started to happen with that? Because if you remember, nothing really in high school hated it. Dude,
1: this whole time, you were you work- studying? Did you do anything or just all work and yeah,
0: it was, school? And yeah, so school.
1: You, so no, in, no resistance training, no nothing. Running even,
0: no nothing. In college, there was a athletic center next to one of the apartments that I had. And I remember I started going to work out. And I also- I think I started running. So when I was a kid, one of the things that I struggled with was my weight. And when I was in middle school, I'll never forget, the doctor came into the room and he said, you're overweight. And it was like, this is where most kids fall. There was like this graph of where most kids fall. I think it was probably BMI. And it's like, you are here... Which sucks, by the way. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> a whole nother yeah, episode, we'll right? episode
1: I'm on BMI.
0: He's like, you've got to lose some weight. And I remember... How old are you? You said middle this school? This is middle school, yeah. What an asshole. So... Damn, the freaking um, kid. Yeah, so I remember that summer was the summer of oatmeal for breakfast and salads for lunch. Oh my gosh. But, you know, as... As I, through middle school and high school, I, I really struggled with my weight and that also impacted my self-image and I didn't really enjoy, I think probably that turned me off from doing anything athletic too. I don't know. There were periods where I was like, maybe it would be fun to do something, but I don't think that I believed in myself because I saw this image of myself as like, you know, a fat overweight kid. And that's lasted with me for... That's what I've had to overcome in my own life up through now is that kind of self-image that started early on. I mean, were you like teased at school
1: as well? Or was it more so just like yourself and obviously that doctor? and Because you have brought this obviously off the podcast. You have brought this uh, doctor up, whoever his name is. You have brought him up before. So yeah, it definitely uh, impacted your life uh, in a very uh, deep, meaningful yeah. way. How was um your surroundings, right? Where like because in middle school, I mean, cause I remember in middle school for me in my episode, obviously we talked about how I mean I would get punked on too about how small. Did you ever get any of that?
0: I mean, I don't remember people necessarily I remember being kind of bullied, but it wasn't necessarily because maybe there was. I don't know. Ed, I don't remember it specifically. It's probably more internal in my mind that affected my confidence. But I think because you know it's weird. I think when you think less of yourself and it's kind of a downward spiral that you don't even... You're not even conscious of this when you're in in high school and middle school. But teenagers can smell that. You know, they know the person that's sitting there that they're not feeling that confident. Yeah, that's confident, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think that opened me up to, you know, some teasing and I don't remember any kind of like harsh bullying. But... Definitely some uncomfortable moments. How did you uh, cope with that at the time? I don't know. You kind of just let it be or like you kind of in the back of your head? I think maybe that fueled my dream, my whole music dream. Like that was how I was going to rise above all of this. Is that maybe that fueled this dream of like rising above through something like that. I don't know. I think whenever I run into adversity, in some ways it, it... can bring me down, but it also like f- gives me some kind of fire. Fire under ass, yes. I know exactly <laughs> what you are
1: talking about. Sometimes that's the only way we could get things done, right? When we got when we push, we got
0: we're under pressure. Yeah, so I, I get that part. I understand that part. Yeah, the fire of adversity. Towards the end of college, started working out a little bit, and then um, were you still bigger? Because you said you were obviously bigger and dealing with
1: the uh, overweight issues uh, as obviously middle school, high school. Yeah. Um, did this drag on until
0: like your adulthood and it was kind of a yo-yo, honestly. You know, I think there were periods where I it was worse. Some uh, sometimes, you know, I look back at some photos, I'm like, oh, it really wasn't that bad. And I just think through college it was kind of an up and down thing. I did a lot of I did start doing a lot of hiking in college. So I did that, then started doing some running towards the end. But, you know, I was kicking and screaming because I hated I hated running. I hated any kind of like physical exertion. Yeah, okay. So you did it more so. Why did you do it actually? Well, I think I wanted to change. I, I At that point, I was like, I want to change my body. So I'm like, you know, I, I think I wanted to build like some more confidence in how I looked. And I think at that point in college, I realized, you know, I can, I can have control over this. I don't know why it never dawned on me up until then. But I was like, you know, if I start working out... I start running, you know, I can make a change here. And as I got into Starbucks and, you know, was taking you through a little bit of that chapter, you know, getting promoted through the ranks, I, I joined like the YMCA in Nashville and started, you well, know, YMCA. <laughs> no, 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 no. started working out. And I don't even know how I figured out what kind of program to do, but I was doing something. know but I said, what we were we doing? yeah. I don't remember. I just... Did you start resistance training? Is that what you're saying? Like you I was start... using a lot. I know I used a lot of machines. Mm, okay. So I remember back in the day for me, a sign of a good gym was a gym that had a lot of machines. And is that the same now? Hell no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but side note, yes. I mean, if you want to get into resistance training, you do want to... Free weights, I would say, would be the best way to go because it teaches you know your body to move correctly, brace correctly, right? Machine work would be more so... What do you think? More so to... You know, isolation work and more uh, accessory work. I would say, but we'll get into that into further podcasts. But yeah, um, that's if... a lot of people do that, though. A lot of people when they first into the gym, I feel like that's what they're, that's their go to, right? Um, why did you drift to machines? You think is that why? Because you didn't know what you were doing, and you just kind of felt comfortable. Yeah, and I mean,
0: you think about gyms have positioned themselves as like a machine factory. <laughs> you know, like that's. That's how, that's what gyms have been for the average person is the more machines, the better the gym is. And that's how fitness has been in the past typically presented for someone who's not really learning about a lot. Is, I mean, you can put someone on a machine and the likelihood of them being injured is a lot less than if they're doing something with free weights. I think those things are are a lot safer it's easier it's an easier entry point especially you know if someone isn't that invested in learning about form and those kinds of things it's it's a lot easier just to jump on a machine and and do that
1: you started uh at the ymca <laughs> right so uh you're still are you you're still dealing with the uh, issues mentally yeah. with your weight things yeah, like that? Yeah. so you're still at start with you just got promoted yep Okay. So obviously you're not there anymore, but uh so we'll come up with,
0: so. so yeah. So anyway, I took on a temporary job in Atlanta. It was like a development opportunity, getting thrown way out of my comfort zone, but it was exciting. And through that, they offered me a position. Actually, this is this is kind of an interesting story. They offered me a position in Daytona Beach, Florida. And we were at this big leadership conference in Seattle and The regional director came up and said, oh, I'm going to offer you this. And my uh, mentor had said, always, you know, tell them you need 24 hours to think about it, which was great advice. And I did. And I was like, I really don't want to live in Daytona Beach. So I turned down the promotion. Just because of the location? Yeah, I was, I was I like... I mean, I understand, though. <laughs> I don't not, know no, Atlanta. I mean, no, I, I'm not trying damn. to say anything bad for those people all that li- live in of Daytona. All the listeners that live there, <laughs> damn, throwing shade. No, no, it just, you know... Gator and, Nation. <laughs> I had done this thing in Atlanta, and I fell in love with Atlanta. I was like, I'd really... That would be great. I would love to live in Atlanta. And that's where I thought I was going to end up. So then, two weeks later, she came back. She's like, well, actually, you know... I also have a position in Tampa. So the cool thing there is in that moment, I stood up for myself and I said, no, this is not what I want to do. And I feared that by doing that, I would never have the chance to be promoted again. But my fear was unfounded because two weeks later, she came back and said, I have something in Tampa. And which turned out to be a better option for me. And... I said yes and yeah, moved to Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Got promoted as a district manager.
1: Yeah, okay, you got to fight for what you want. Then huh? okay, <laughs> a very
0: valuable life lesson there. Okay. Yeah, it was. I mean, it it was a very, really valuable life lesson. Unfortunately, I don't learn that lesson very well <laughs> because <laughs> you know it was funny because I, there was a part of me at that point that was like, I knew I wanted to do something different and something more. I remember having this conversation with my parents as I was driving back from Atlanta about, should I take this job or not? And deep inside, I was like, something is telling me there's more, but this is the best thing I have right now. So let me just do it. I don't know anyone here. I'm just going to pick up and move again to a city I don't know people.
1: What do you mean? Something with saying there's more, more what? Like, what do you... I, I mean, mean, you're getting promoted, obviously getting bigger, better places, better, better things, and... So what what was what do you mean by that? At the time I didn't
0: know what it was. That's the hard part, is I didn't know that there was something more I wanted to do. And I think part of it was it's hard when you don't take ownership of your own career choices and you just follow the doors that open for you. Hmm, say, so, that, say that again. It's it's hard when you are not taking ownership of your career choices and you just kind of follow the doors that open because in many cases, you know, doors open and they're positive. But you can also kind of just drift through life without being intentional about what you want to do and just do what the next thing in front of you is. And I think at that point, I realized that... I'm just kind of drifting into the next thing without really being intentional about taking that step. Because when you work in a company, in a corporation, and you get kind of deeply embedded into it, you're just kind of chasing that next level versus really thinking big picture, like, what do I want to do?
1: It's kind of, well, that's the rat race for you, right? That is the rat race. We're all trying to escape the matrix, huh?
0: (laughs) That is the matrix. I like that saying. I like that. That So... Spent a couple years in Tampa and I remember joining a bigger gym there. I think it was life Life lifetime. I don't remember. Life lifted. (laughs) (laughs) Life lifted and got more into working out. And I could see this progression, right? Now I'm like getting more into it. I'm starting to see changes to my body, trying to eat healthier, which to me, by the way, eating healthier (laughs) was. You know, at nighttime, I'm going to have a lean cuisine. (laughs) I know it's crazy. But that was, uh, you know, that was was what I thought at the time. It was like, you know, I'm going to have a reduced fat cinnamon swirl coffee cake from Starbucks in the morning. That's my breakfast and a lean cuisine for dinner. That's funny. So -hmm. how far we've come, right? Anyway, I just kind of touching on what we were talking about. I said, you know what? I said, I want to have control over my destiny. And there's this marketing job with Starbucks that's opening up in Miami. And I think I want to do it. In Miami, huh? Yeah. So I decided, you know, I'm going to kind of jump off the traditional path of where I was at. And I went for this job, got it, moved after like, I think This is a two lot of years. God damn, Chris. Yeah, I'm just I, it's it's a journey south. <laughs> started in Nashville, <laughs> Atlanta, Tampa, Miami. I tell people I ended up in LA because I couldn't do anything. Were, go these, any, were I,
1: these moves easy to do, or they were either like was it kind of you thought about it, or was just like, okay, I'm doing it?
0: I think I just said I'm doing it. Damn, okay. Yeah. Anyway, ended up I was actually in Fort Lauderdale, which is kind of part of Miami, and joined the marketing. This was right maybe two years before the 2008 stock market crash. So loved, loved, loved the job. And it actually gave me a little bit more time to focus on my fitness. I started doing some jujitsu and some other things. And things were going really well. I started seeing growth in that. And I think I got promoted to like a higher position within that. And I was like at the pinnacle of my career. And in February of 2009, I was brought into an office and told that my job was being eliminated, that I could either stay with the company and step down multiple levels to be a store manager. I could leave with severance. Completely devastated. I mean, what this is probably nine or 10 years I've invested. And the job market really sucked at the time. So I decided I would... Stay on, and I would try to find another job in marketing. And this is where fitness really took off for me because my career had become part of my dream. This is where I had invested my time and all this energy. And this thing had somehow let me down. It was like a relationship. That's <laughs> you know? yeah, funny. It was like this horrible breakup. And here I was kind of destitute without. The thing that I loved. And so I remember I said, you know what? I'm tired of putting energy into this thing that's not giving me love back. <laughs> Damn. So I'm going to put something, my energy into something I know will pay me back and I'm going to start really getting serious about my fitness. Okay. Mm, really? So yeah. that's what
1: you chose. That's interesting.
0: So wow. I, I put all this energy into my job. Like this is something that, you know without anything any notice they're just gonna like it's gone first of all wow assholes yes but if I put energy into working on my body and my fitness I can actually see results and it's actually gonna make me happier you know it's gonna give me more confidence it's gonna pay me back in a bigger way than putting all this energy into my job yeah so what you put in you get out right that's kind of what we talked about previous episode but yeah okay Really big period of focus. Actually, you know, got some really great results on my own and felt really proud of the work that I did. Where did you uh, get all your information from? Where did you learn from? I want to say there was... This I bought some program from like Men's Health or Muscle and Fitness magazine. Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) It was like a 12-week like shred. 12-week shred. (laughs) Exactly. They had the whole diet plan and everything. I was doing some sprinting and I was doing it in my apartment gym, which actually was a pretty nice gym. Did
1: you get shredded in 12 weeks?
0: (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) Well, you know what? With my job completely changed, so I was on my feet a lot more. And so uh, I actually lost a lot of weight too because I was actually on my feet. Walking, getting those steps in. Side note, getting your steps in, huge. Yeah, yeah. So I spent a lot of time in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, kind of regrowing my career with Starbucks. Invest, you know, the, the fitness thing actually continued to grow. Um, I got a promotion, moved to South Beach, working with Starbucks Managed. The whole district down there went to this really cool gym in South Beach called David Barton Gym. They're no longer open, but it was almost like a nightclub. Really cool, like Miami experience. And just continued to, you know, I remember like fitness became, I made time for it. You know, it was like, like I'm going to make time every day to do this so that I stay true to it. Why? Why did you decide to do that? I mean, I know you kind of talked about how
1: you were getting... The results back from it was that like the sole purpose. So I was like, oh, I'm I'm seeing, no, yeah, I've seen the results that I'm that I'm of the work I'm putting in. Or is there something more that you were like, no, I, I need to do it for this because to make time sometimes, especially with being you know having a busy schedule, um, which sounds like you kind of were having. I mean, what was a big the big motivator? So like, I'm I need to make time for this.
0: I think I saw like my mental health was better when I worked out, and I knew that. As a leader of people, if I'm not work like it was a way for me to work on myself and improve myself. So all the challenges I face in life are the same challenges I run into in the weight room. And I can kind of work those out in challenging myself. Okay, so for the mental gains,
1: right? Yeah. I I understand completely. Obviously, we talked about that too. Yeah. So you grew mentally then, right? So all the mental aspects, that's what kept you going. So would you say that was bigger than the actual physical? Or was it a little bit of both, or one more than the other, at that time.
0: I think it was both. A little bit yeah, of both. yeah, a little bit of both. Mind you, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know that I was necessarily seeing huge returns on the results, but enough that it kept me really invested in it. So, a friend of mine, well, two friends of mine, moved. To Miami And One of them He's like I'm gonna start working With a personal trainer I'm like Why would you do that Like you know We know what we're doing Like we're a loser Like That's a very Dude guy thing to do Yeah I mean it's like I can do it all myself Why do I need to pay All this (laughs) money For a trainer Exactly I was like yeah You you do your thing I'll do mine And you know I'll get better results Than you Ha ha. You know (laughs) Yeah well, he actually started getting really amazing <laughs> results and I'm like, "Oh shit." <laughs> I was like, "You know what? I need to do this and I need to like try it out and just see, like put some effort into it, invest in myself for once and see what that pays out." So I found this um trainer in Miami, amazing person and he does these like amazing body transformations. And I, I said, you know, I want to change the way I look. I want to go through this whole transformation. You know, I've always done this on my own. Like help me get results that, you know, that I've never seen before.
1: Was this the same trainer that your friend was going through? Same someone, trainer. Yep.
0: I don't know what, Hey, what a guy. Referrals, huh? Look <laughs> at that. So, yeah, right. Man, I had never squatted with a bar as heavy as I did. I mean, he put chains on that bar. I never deadlifted the way I did. I never did pull-ups. I never did, like, medicine balls. It was crazy. It was... So all the compound movements, right? Was, yeah. So prior to him, it was still machine work? It was, all it, was it was probably... I mean, I know I was probably doing, like, maybe some form of like a squat <laughs> with a bar. <laughs> but it was probably more machine stuff. Oh, okay. okay I mean, so I was doing some like walking lunges and things like that before, but this was a whole new world of yeah. things I'd never experienced before. I mean,
1: that's what you go to a trainer for, right? You get to learn and, you know, yeah. exactly, that's exactly what he did. Okay, so
0: you're going through this training, so. My body like changed dramatically. I think, let's see, so I think I was around 23% body fat. And in four months, I got below 18. That was a lot of hard work. And then it just kept going. We actually finished up. Uh, I, I started with him in like June or July. We wrapped up and right before December. And I just, I was like, kind of out of funds. Yeah, it gets a little expensive. Yes, it got a little expensive, and some other things had happened. So I'm like, I want to try this on my own now. And I remember walking from that last session. I like to share this because it was kind of another life moment. I left there and I realized my whole I'm a different person. My body has changed, but I don't really know what I want anymore out of life. I was like, I remember walking across this bridge and I was like, who am I now? You felt kind of lost. I time. felt really lost. And I even called up a friend of mine. I was like, I don't even, I don't know. I feel really lost. Like, she's like, oh, this is, this is normal. So the next couple of years were about me finding my way. I ended up going back and working with that trainer a little bit like remotely. So he continued to help like write plans and help me measure my body fat. And then I ended up moving to Los Angeles in 2018 that time i was still working with for starbucks i was about to say like so why why why'd you move to la it's a good story so i came to la five years before and i said i never been i'm like wow i want to live here someday and i went back to miami i said i've got to move to la someday and i just kept being someday 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 and one day i was like if i keep saying someday it's never going to happen so i just got to rip the band-aid off just go that's it. You just, you just, decided to come. You just yeah, like, I'm going? I was like, I'm going. You know, it's uh, why though? why I A. I don't know. I there's something about the city. I the mountains, the ocean, mountains, the, the mountains next to the ocean. The, the people are nice. <laughs> the the energy, the the energy that's here. It's. I mean, it's. I I grew up. You the mountains are like five hours, six hours, eight hours from the ocean. So. It was just so beautiful. It was, I don't know, there was something about the city. I was like, I got to be here. That's,
1: that's interesting, obviously, because you, I grew up here, so it's like I view it a little differently. Yeah. I still like it. I still love it. I don't think I could live in a non-city place, to yeah. say the least, but um, you pretty much came from the opposite to, to, <laughs> to a big city like this. Well, I mean, you already had some time in other big cities, but uh, uh that's interesting. Where did you land in LA exactly?
0: Um, Well, I was working for Starbucks, so I ended up living in Hollywood. And I was working in um, Crenshaw, uh, Slauson area. Oh, so you were down there. Um, Hawthorne. Yeah. Ladera. That was like my whole district. Anyway, things were not going well with Starbucks here. And it was a combination of just burnout. I was burned out i was having a re- pretty bad relationship with the company at the time i don't want to really get too deep into it but um i got pretty sick from the stress of it and i had to take a leave of absence which i never in my life thought i would have to do i started looking i'm like i'm going to i need a different company i'm just going to go into another management job i'm going to solve this problem <laughs> tackle it find that job i've got the qualifications And I started going after it and boom, nothing is working out. Like I'm making it to final rounds of interviews and not getting the job. And so I hit a really deep, depressed, because I'm already stressed and burnt out, mind you. I got, I hit this really deep and depressed breaking point. And I said, I can't do this on my own. I need help. I have to find help. And the one thing that one of my previous bosses had always told me is I should have a career coach. And I said, I've got to have a career coach. Found this amazing career coach here in LA, but they actually work with people across the country. Their name is Shine Bright. Just put a plug in for them. Shine Bright like a diamond. And through that process, I recovered all of that burnout, depression, and again, here I am thinking this career coach is just going to help me jump into the next management job. So is that where you had your mindset? You just wanted management was and marketing? That's literally what you wanted to do? That was my mindset. And so I
1: I was like, we got it. And so why I'm, that though? Out of all things, why do you think you wanted that
0: so bad? Is that just because that's what you knew? That's or? what I knew. It's the matrix, right? You just like, this is, this is where I'm at. This is the next step. When I was in Miami, I had written in my journal something one day, because I, I I journal every day. I write my thoughts down and I wrote something about being a personal trainer. It's weird because I just write random stuff and I journal every morning, whatever's in my mind. I just write it down. I don't overanalyze it. I don't overthink it. But I was going back into my journal and I'm like, wow, this was moving to LA was in my journal before I consciously said it. This the personal trainer thing showed up. Anyway, so I go to this career coach and on the intake form, she's like, have you ever thought of any other careers? And I think I had put personal trainer there. And so on our first session, she's like, oh, let's talk about this. And I'm like, nope, not talking about it. I don't want to do that. that No, like I I I was scared because I had all these preconceptions of what I thought a personal trainer was and that's not who I am. And... Like I've built this like management career. These things do not match. So I was like, we're not talking about it. Let's just focus on everything. Why did you write it down that day though? Do you remember? I think I was inspired. Something came to me that was inspiration. The thing I loved about the work that I was doing at Starbucks was I was coaching a lot of people and helping them grow their careers and and seeing them like go through some pretty big changes in how they showed up. I was like, wow! I'm really passionate about fitness. Like, if I can put these two things together, then you know I can be amazing. But that doesn't fit with my own my own image of a person. Cool who you trainer. You thought you were, as yeah, well. yeah, and who I and who I am, right? Again, you know, I'm working with her, doing much better mindset wise. But I kind of hit a week where I was like, I just need to stop all this work, stop applying, stop talking, stop networking, and just like like something's going to happen. And it was during that week, I, I think I was in like a Barnes and & Noble and I was just like looking at different books and just kind of like no purpose, just kind of lost, just wandering around. And it came to me, it's like I have to be a personal trainer. I was reading some book and it was like talking about purpose and I'm like, I've been denying this. I've been pushing it down. I need to talk to my career coach about it. And so I wrote her this letter. I'm like, I don't know about this. I don't know about the income. I don't know if like, I'm like, I'm fit for this because I've done this and da, 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 da. Anyway, um, she's like, I think you'd be perfect based on, because we had done this whole thing about what my strengths are. She's like, I think you'd be perfect. You would do well. The perfect is not a good word, but I think you would do well. And I actually know a really good internship here in Los Angeles that you can go to and learn how to be a personal trainer. So I ended up networking and connecting with a guy that runs an internship here in Los Angeles called Show Up Fitness. They do a class. Well, at the time, they did a class in the morning. And in the afternoon, you go in downstairs into the, the gym that they own and you actually get to learn and work with people one-on-one. Pretty dope. I did have heard of it yet, so I,
1: right off of Sunset too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah right off right. Sunset. So did that, go through the program, end up loving it. And, you know, the thing that I really love about being a trainer and know that knowing that it's the right thing for me is that hour that I'm with a client, it feels like 10 minutes. Like I'm in such a flow and just being, you know, with that person, I've never, it's been a long time since I felt like that in anything in life. You know, it's, there's just. You felt like purpose now. There's a purpose. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here I am. I'm like, okay, I'm going to uh, get hired. I'm, I'm going to get a job now at a gym. Started applying similar to you. Well, oh, actually, not similar because I applied at two different gyms and they uh, rejected me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, nope. But you have to realize this was like March of 2020. So things were already kind of starting to yeah, shift. So it was, everything was being shut down and everything. And so. um, Crunch, Chris from Crunch reached out to me and uh interviewed me, hired me pretty much the same day. And I was hired by Crunch the day before they shut down.
1: Damn. Was it yeah. meant to be, huh?
0: That's and crazy. Again, like here it was in my mind. I thought I was going to be working at these other gyms and had my mindset on that. And then out of nowhere, Chris just reached out. That's
1: literally what happened to me As we talked about.
0: Yeah. So
1: very mean, similar. Every, everything in life happens for a reason, man. I it does. that. So... I mean, telling your story, don't you feel that way?
0: Yeah, and it's it's pretty amazing how you get your mindset on one thing and this is the way it's gonna turn out, and then something else ends up happening, and it ends up being better than what you even thought was gonna happen.
1: Yeah, so what's what's meant for you is meant for you, I believe, right? That's uh maybe we'll have a more podcast on that in the future, right? This is about lifting your mind, body, and soul, I should <laughs>
0: add. Yes. But, um, that's crazy. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just funny because my image of personal trainers and what they are is it doesn't match at all what I found out to be. And, you know, we've talked about this, Mike, but, you know, we're in a, in a commercial gym, we're actually competing against each other for business. But what I found is the trainers I've worked with also became like my closest allies and my biggest support. That's been something that's been really amazing for me to experience is being able to uplift each other and, you know, get a lot of support. And I I think if anyone's out there in a gym and you see a trainer, I'm going to say 95% of them, they are just wanting to help the people there so much. And, you know, I used to think that they were kind of like, you had to be like this bro kind of like... Yeah, I mean, you know, all the bad yeah, images of, work, head, yeah, meatheads, yeah, and I, what I came to find out is that's not true at all. It's actually trainers are people who are really passionate about wanting to about help helping people, and changing people's lives, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I had a wake up call because I it was my image of what a trainer was didn't match the reality. Just funny that you say that because obviously we, your perspective changed
1: on a trainer, and my perspective obviously changed, like we talked about last episode. But it's like. That's another reason why we're doing this podcast, right? It open people's minds that it's like, or change people's mindsets. like most fitness things that we see online or fitness, you know, we see on TV, or things like that. Um, yeah. We think of that freaking me head, you know, someone screaming as drill sergeant type of training. Right. Yeah. And most people think of training. They think of like, oh, he's going to freaking kill me. I have to walk out sore. And obviously we'd learn that that's not, that's not what training is about is, at all. Right. That's it's not good training. That is not good training. I mean, even just the the whole reason behind this podcast, right? Lift your mind, body, and soul. We added mind to it. Um, And so, obviously, because, um, I mean, as coaches, and uh, like you explained, there was a big mental aspect to it, right? So, it's like there's a big mental aspect that is not talked about, right? That a lot of us are coaches, and I have deal with this, and Chris deals with this, obviously – um, it's not about just changing people's bodies, right? The biggest challenge is changing people's minds, changing yeah. people's mindset to want to change, to want to be different, right? Changing their mindset to change habits. It's like that is a coach's job, and it's a very hard job, and it's something that's very rewarding, obviously, like you talked about. But it's something that's not talked about in the fitness space. That yeah, um, I wish we or I mean, we're going to to be talking about it more here on the show. But um, yeah, obviously, you can see through your story that it's something that
0: um, I think. I think sometimes we have to see our clients as different people before they even start to see themselves as that we're ahead of them because we we see more potential. I mean, I think about myself. Part of my own barrier to changing my body in the past was I never imagined it being the transformation that I was able to achieve. I never imagined it possible. You didn't believe it, right? I didn't didn't believe believe it could be there.
1: Yeah, I completely understand. I completely get that. Anytime somebody comes to me, the first day I meet them, in my mind, I know we could change them, right? I know and I believe in my heart that we could make a difference in their life. And yeah, we have to be able to install that into our own clients' lives, into our people's lives, right? And it's not easy, but um, obviously doable. And when it happens, oh man, what, yeah. yeah, it's amazing.
0: It is amazing.
1: Yeah. But uh, that's crazy, obviously. Big very different journey that you had compared to mine, but at the same time similar, right? You kind of found yourself with lifting and working out. I like obviously found myself like I talked about.
0: And now, you know, um in October we left Crunch, which was another kind of corporation. <laughs> I started to see all of the red flags for me going up. We'll talk
1: we'll talk about that in a further
0: episode. <laughs> but um you corporate know corporate life. You know, now it's 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 awesome. We start our own business, getting to impact clients. And do it on our own terms versus the way that a company wants us to do it, and what's best for the client versus following some kind of corporate structure. So, and also, um, you know, it's given me a little bit more time to invest in my clients versus investing in kind of the back and forth. I'm just really excited to be where I'm at. I'm excited to have this podcast with you and uh, share more with everyone that's out there and hopefully, you know, through my story, you know, someone has connected with a piece of that too. And they've seen that, you know, that you're not alone in your journey, that we all go through similar challenges in our lives. And we also overcome things and that are put before us. Well put. Good. Just like that. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this podcast.
1: So that was really good. Obviously you guys got an insight into uh, Chris's story, right? If you didn't listen to our last podcast, that was uh, my story, right? So you guys kind of get a better understanding of who we are, what we do, why we do this, right? Go ahead and listen to that one. And yeah, so the next following podcast, we'll go into a little more of the fitness side, right? a little more different things like that, a little bit of entertainment as well. It's kind of going to be our show here. But hope that these last two podcasts uh, really gave you guys an insight about who we are. It's going to be a journey and I'm excited to start this journey and well... Same that, here. That brings an end to uh,
0: episode number two. All right. We'll, we'll see you next see time. See you guys.
1: Life, this has been the Life Lifted Podcast.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Life Lifted Podcast. If you like today's episode, give us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to lift your mind, body, and soul, follow us for more episodes. Show support by sharing Life Lifted with your friends and family. Until next time, stay lifted. show)